Hey there, I'm Amy Connell. Welcome to Graced Health, the podcast for women who want simple and grace-filled ways to take care of themselves and enjoy a little chocolate. I'm a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach who wants you to know your eating, movement, and body don't have to be perfect. You just need to be able to do what you're called to do. Okay, so as you probably know, if you have been listening for a while, I released a book several months ago called Your Worthy Body, Find Freedom and Health by Breaking All the Rules. And in this book, I take 22, I think it's 22, uh, health and fitness rules, or some might say myths that we have heard, and I break them using exercise science and nutrition science, and it's all done through a lens of faith. So in this book, I have chapters called No Pain, No Gain. Uh, I can tell you're healthy by looking at you. She has the perfect body. And one of them is called carbs are the enemy. So of course, this is a rule to break. Carbs are not the enemy. But as I have been having conversations with people, I have heard this question a lot, and I feel like it's worth addressing here. And that is the title of today's episode, which is if carbs are not the enemy, why do I feel so addicted to them? And I have to say, I get it. Look, I too have those times where I am walking in the pantry in one of those deep, grumbling, hangry states, searching for the quickest find I can to, um, to fill that belly. And I am not reaching for uh, I'm not reaching for fruit or vegetables or something like that. I'm I'm grabbing the potato chips. I am grabbing those gluten-free pretzels that I love so much. I am grabbing something that I can easily pop in my ha- mouth and eat really quickly and f- just not feel so hungry. Now, your story may be different. It may be that you are not in that hangry state, but once you start eating carbs, you feel like you can't stop. What I wanted to do today is back up just a little bit. And if you have not read the book, then give you a a little bit of education surrounding carbohydrates. I want to read a short passage in there about Cinderella carbs. Yes, I used a Disney analogy in my book. (laughs) And then I want to talk some about, um, about the addiction and about the science behind that. So the first thing that let's talk about is what are carbohydrates and what do they do? Now, you probably are aware, but just in case you're not, all food is made up of one of three elements, proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. In a very, very high level nutshell, proteins are what repair and rebuild muscles. They provide satiety, um, fat, dietary fat, uh, the, the, the more beneficial kind can help regulate your hormones. It can also help provide satiety. It can, uh, it's going to, it's used for a lot of different internal functions. And then carbohydrates are used to provide energy to the body, including the brain. And they also provide your fiber. So we'll talk about that a bit more in a, in a second. But basically, whenever you are exercising or moving, your body is utilizing carbohydrates. These are found in fruits, they're found in vegetables, grains, milk. And just as a little trick, if you look at an ingredient label, and it ends in 
Ose, O-S-E, it's probably like a sugary carb. So there's all kinds of different, you know, lactose, fructose, those kinds of things. But anyway, carbs are the first line of ingestion over fats and proteins, which means when I am in that super hangry state and I am needing some food, I will naturally gravitate toward carbohydrates because my body knows that that is the easiest and quickest way to, to get my blood sugar up and to feel better. The other, uh, well, I don't want to call it a hidden element, but another beneficial element of carbs is fiber. Now, fiber is included in many carbohydrates, of course, not all of them, and they're in different uh, different amounts. But fiber has a lot of really wonderful qualities. It will help empty the stomach. It helps kind of move things along in your digestive system. Um, it can actually reduce your risk for cardiovascular disease, and then it will help prevent those blood sugar spikes going going way far up when I eat those potato chips, yeah, that's going to cause a pretty high spike in your blood sugar um, because of the glycemic index. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a second. And then it also really helps, fiber helps improve the absorption of foods. So this is the deal. Naturally occurring carbohydrates and what I'm going to call whole foods. So you can look at that carb, you can look at the food and know exactly where it came from. We know where strawberries came from. We know where apples can bananas came from. We can look at a bean and I'm going to be really honest, like I think beans come from pods that come from trees, but I'm not really sure. But I know that that's in its normal, original state. I can look at a popcorn kernel and know that that is just a basically dehydrated, shriveled up kernel of a corn that I know grows out of the ground. Uh, Just a little side note, I don't remember how old I was. I was probably... I don't know, eight or nine years old. I grew up in Oklahoma, where, of course, as our Oklahoma song is, you know, the waving wheat, you know, can sure smell sweet. And I was driving along with my family. And I remembered my dad just pulling over on the side of the road, we were kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and just pulling over on the side of the road and plucking a few, I don't know what you call them sprouts, maybe of, um, of wheat. And he just brought it in. He said, I just want you to know, like, this is this is wheat. And this is what bread is made out of. And of course, we couldn't really do anything with it. But it was just I don't know why that's such a strong, wonderful, cherished memory of mine. But it was um, I, I love that he just took the time to do that. Because I know I have a tendency to just now we got to get to where we're going. But he just really took a moment and introduced me to the waving wheat of Oklahoma. Anyway, so I know where all of those foods come from, and they all have varying degree of fiber. Now, once we get these carbohydrates in our body, um, our body does a lot of different things with them. One is it will kind of circulate some of that um, the carbohydrates, which is uploaded, and it's it's more glucose at that point to your blood system, um, and it goes into your bloodstream for that really quick. Uh, access that we may need. Your liver also holds a limited amount of glycogen, which glycogen is basically just the carbohydrates uh, transformed into a storable state. I'll just I'll just say it that way. Your muscles also will hold your carbohydrates. This is what gives them energy to lift heavy things, to run, to do your Zumba or flip tires or whatever it is that you love to do. And the other thing or the other part of the body that 
uses a lot of your carbohydrates. In fact, about 20% of what you consume is your brain. And more and more science is coming out about carbohydrates effect on the brain. And, and depending on the carbohydrate, it can have varying effects on that brain. Now with all of these benefits, you know, sometimes we can think, well, why, why do carbs get a bad rap? What's so wrong with them? So this is where I'm going to read just a few little paragraphs out of my book to you, because I could try and recreate the story, but I might as well just read it because I've already done the work to make it all sound good. So okay, this is what these are just a few little paragraphs. Why do carbs get a bad rap? A Disney story starring refined and unrefined carbs. Let's answer this question with a story of the three Tremaine sisters from the classic Disney story, Cinderella. To refresh your memory, the sisters' names are Anastasia, Drizella, and of course, Cinderella. Anastasia and Drizella are also known as the evil stepsisters. They are self-absorbed, have no regard for others, and offer no value. They junk up the house and don't do anything to contribute to it. Their mood shifts from energetic to cranky in a heartbeat. Refined carbohydrates like white sugar and white flour are the evil stepsisters. They are given, and some might argue deserve, a bad rap because they add no value. They spike our blood sugar and then come crashing down just like the stepsisters' moods. Refined carbs are food created in a manufacturing plant rather than a plant from the ground. Not only do they not provide the nutrients our body needs to function well, but they also cause inflammation. It's like they are walking through the house, dropping their candy bar wrappers and potato chip bags, creating more clutter for sweet Cinderella to pick up. Cinderella can't focus on the things she loves to do because she's picking up Milky Way wrappers all day long. Cinderella, on the other hand, is hardworking, diligent, and positive. Productive carbs or Cinderella carbs add value. They carry nutrients to your blood and provide fiber. Cinderella carbs are foods that are plants, not foods made in one. These are the fruits, vegetables, and whole grains we discussed earlier. The right kind of carbohydrates makes all the difference in the world. As I mentioned earlier, one of my favorite carbohydrates is sweet potatoes. When I'm running, I notice a huge difference in my performance and how I feel when I've been enjoying sweet potatoes. Strangely enough, they they also help me sleep. Sweet potatoes are great sources of fiber, antioxidants, and vitamins. The problem with stepsister carbs is they are easier to consume, leading us to eating more of them than we need. When foods are processed and refined, they are often stripped of fiber and general bulk that slows the eating process down. For example, a medium banana contains about 100 calories. If one bunch has six bananas, that's 600 calories. Oreos, on the other hand, are highly refined and offer little nutritional value. Two Oreos holds 140 calories. If you grabbed a package of Oreos, you'd find 12 of them lined up neatly in three rows. It's pretty easy to plow through one row without much thought. This row contains 840 calories. Eating an entire bunch of six bananas, however, seems daunting. 
While I don't like to get too focused on the calories of items, I spent too much of my younger years doing this and consider myself a recovering calorie counter. I think it's helpful to understand the value of our foods. Those stepsister carbs are sneaky and you can easily eat way more than you intended. Okay, so that's the Cinderella passage. And now we will move on to this whole concept of, I just am so addicted to carbs, or I can't stop eating carbs. So now I hope that you see that there is a bit of a difference in carbohydrates. Now, typically, I have never heard of anyone binging on strawberries, or bananas, or apples, or even corn, for that matter, or sweet potatoes. (laughs) But I do know that there are these tendencies that many of us have to eat too much too quickly without thought of some of those processed stepsister carbs, the potato chips, the crackers, the um, like the popcorn with all of the stuff on it, not just like, you know, salt and maybe a little bit of butter or something like that. I mean, you all know you have your own thing. I have my thing, you have your thing. And you know what that is. So what's the difference then, right? Like, why do we feel so addicted to those sometimes? Well, some of this is because our brain responds to processed or refined carbohydrates very differently than it does to carbohydrates in more of their natural state. And part of this is we have this, that when we do something or have something that makes us feel good, we get a hit of dopamine, which is kind of like that feel good hormone. So when we are having those processed carbs, highly refined carbs, then we get that hit of dopamine. When we eat junk foods, that creates a response with dopamine right? (laughs) I know I get that way when I'm pulling out my ruffles. I actually, the other day I pulled out some potato chips and I had a bite and I said out loud to myself with no one else, but my dog in the house. Oh my gosh, these are so good. (laughs) Because I just didn't, I don't eat them all that often, but they were really, really good. Now what happens is our brains, and this is, um, I will link to the research that I have provided in the show notes, if you want to know, because I'm, I'm actually not making this up, but our brains can become overwhelmed by the pleasure that those rewarding foods have, and then it adapts and it wants to make more receptors for dopamines. So that means just like with, I guess, drugs, I've never really taken drugs, but you know, we'll, you need more and more and more to feel that same level of a hit or a kick or whatever it is that you you want to call it. And because of that, when we start eating these stepsister carbs, then that is going to cause us to want more. Now, another element of these stepsister carbs is what's called a glycemic index, which is basically how quickly that food is uploaded into your bloodstream. Obviously, the more sugary, the more carby, the quicker it's going to be. There was a study that revealed that um, there was strong evidence that high carb meals stimulate regions in the brain that are associated with those cravings and rewards. So kind of just like what we were talking about with those dopamine hits, 
And when we have foods that are higher in the glycemic index, because they don't have any fiber, they don't have any strong nutrients to slow that absorption down, then we get that, um, that urge that will stimulate those regions in the brain. Now, in 2009, there were some researches, researchers at Yale, and they uh, developed this scale called the Yale Food Addiction Scale to provide a measurement tool to assess addictive eating behaviors. Again, this will be in the show notes. And then in 2015, researchers from the University of Michigan and the New York Obesity Research Center used that scale from the Yale Food Addiction Scale to measure addiction-like eating behaviors in their students. So what they concluded was high glycemic index, high fat and processed foods were most associated with addiction. So this is not like super surprising, but it does give science and research to I think what we probably um, intuitively know and understand. Because again, I would love it if you um, if you grab for a whole bunch of bananas when you're starving and hangry, let me know because I don't. I don't. (laughs) Okay. Now the other thing that is um, closely associated with glycemic index is glycemic load. And basically that is rather than just a a specific amount of a food and how your body reacts to it, it is how heavy, um, how much. So often, you know, look, when Lay's made that campaign a million years ago that no one can eat just one, they're right, first of all. But what happens is we tend to eat a whole lot of them because they are, uh, because they are, you know, highly processed, because they're high fat, they just they light up that brain with all of that kind of stuff. So that would be a higher glycemic load if you eat um, not just one, we'll just say that. So the top 10, according to this study, the top 10 uh, glycemic load foods are not going to be a surprise. Pizza, chocolate, chips, cookies, ice cream, French fries, cheeseburger, soda, cake, and cheese. All, all of those except for cheese are like highly refined, highly processed, stepsister type carbs. And by the way, there's nothing, I have nothing against stepsisters. I should probably say evil stepsister, like evil Cinderella stepsisters. There's nothing wrong with stepsisters. <laughs> so I feel like I do need to add that in. So when we start to evaluate how we feel about carbohydrates and going back to the question of this episode, which is if carbs are not the enemy, why do I feel so addicted to them? I have three questions that I would encourage you to consider and ask yourself. Number one, what are you eating when you feel like you are addicted to carbs? Number two, what were you doing? Were you participating in what what is called mindful eating? And if you want to know more about mindful eating, I would encourage you to go back and listen to um, the episode I did with Elise Mucellus about with her food story, and then also Aaron Todd about intuitive eating. I'll link those in the show notes. But those are two really great episodes where we talk more about mindful eating. But in general, mindful eating is we are aware. We are in the present. We are taking the time to taste, to enjoy the food, and not just shoving it in so quickly. I learned, gosh, I mean, I don't even remember how, it was probably 20 years ago. And someone said, you know, you don't have any taste buds in your stomach. 
And if you sit there, I mean, of course, your response, I'm sure back to me was like, obviously, Amy. But if you think about it, then why do we eat so quickly sometimes? Because we, all we're doing is just reducing the amount of time that whatever is pleasurable in our mouth is in like is in there that we're tasting it. And so that I don't know, that was just really impactful to me. There are no taste buds in your stomach. And then the third question to ask. So the first is, what are you eating when you feel like you're addicted? Number two is what are you doing? Is it mindful? Are you paying attention to what you're eating? And then the third one is, does this happen when you're eating whole food carbs, like fruits or beans or starchy root vegetables, close to their original state. I'm not asking you to pull out a sweet potato and like bite into it like an apple. I mean, no one's going to do that. Uh, and specifically what I'm thinking of is like white potatoes. I don't actually don't think, I think white potatoes are great. I, I cook with potatoes all the time, but when I slice them up into really small things and fry them or, or I don't really fry them, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm not talking about potatoes in the fried French state. (laughs) I'm just talking about like a baked potato or something like that. But ask yourself those questions. Start to be aware of how you are feeling or if you're in a stressed state when you're eating those carbohydrates. And it may be that you find that carbohydrates really are not the enemy and you are not actually addicted to the carbohydrates that God gave us, that God put on this earth for us to use. What your brain may be addicted to are those highly processed, highly refined ones that just give you that quick hit or kick or uh, whatever you want to call those dopamine. And so what I would encourage you to do is number one, be mindful, be aware of what you're eating, be aware of the environment in which you are eating. You know, if you are hiding in the pantry, then maybe that's a sign that um, we need to step out of the pantry and go grab something, (laughs) something different. And then, you know, if those are close to the original state or not. So it may be that you're actually not addicted to carbs, but your brain can feel addicted to the really those pleasurable tastes that come from the highly processed, highly refined carbs. Now I do want to take a minute and say, I am, this does not mean that I, I am saying you should never eat them, but I'm just saying, if you feel like those are situations where you feel out of control, then uh, let's start to work on our brain. Let's start to work on the environment and what we're eating. And you know what, if you want those potato chips, then maybe have some potato chips. But what I would do is get the, you know, individual serving size. So, you know, pull out just a bag like the, your kids might put in their lunch and go sit down at your kitchen table and eat it one by one and enjoy the taste. And you can even say out loud, with no one else in the house, but you and your dog. Oh my gosh, these are amazing. And I bet if we slow down that process, you will enjoy it. And then you won't feel like you need all that much more. And maybe even after you eat that, if you're still feeling hungry, then, then grab your piece of fruit, then grab a a mango or watermelon or, or something like that. And it may be that that will all satisfy you so much more than just continuing to eat. So I do hope that that can give you some more balance 
some more freedom in your carbohydrates. Obviously, I feel like I need to have a disclaimer here. Obviously, there are some people who medically need to limit their carbohydrates. I'm thinking specifically of type 1 diabetics, of um, people with epilepsy. There's, I actually quoted this in the book, but there are some studies that suggest that a ketogenic diet can be really helpful in managing epilepsy. So, you know, look, if that's you, then this may not apply to you as much, but I think I say this in the book too, but as for me and my body, I will ingest carbs and I will not apologize for it. (laughs) Now, if you found value in today's show, there are three simple things that I would be so grateful um, and it would be valuable to me. Number one, if you could rate and review this podcast, which I know is confusing, that's why I have a link that says click here to rate the show or to review the show. And that will take you straight to a different place because I know Apple can be kind of wonky and hard and all of that kind of stuff. Number two, sign up to receive my monthly journals. This is free. It's a subscriber only space for me to share things I love. And I think you will too. Uh, I get to be snarky and sassy and serious and share pictures of, of experiences that I don't share on the internet. Um, and by the way, this is dropping in late March and the April journal journal is coming. So you can go to gracedhealth.com slash monthly dash updates or go to the link in the show notes and it will definitely be there. And then finally, it's kind of a two-parter. Purchase a copy of my book, Your Worthy Body. And if you are tired of the constant cycle of dieting, weight loss, indulgence, and shame, like a repeat, wash and repeat, then this is your next read. This book takes many of those health and fitness rules. Like I said, it breaks them using exercise science, nutrition science. It's all done through a lens of faith. And mostly it equips you to figure out what is realistic and sustainable for your unique body. And if you have already purchased a book of that, I cannot tell you how much I would appreciate it if you would leave a review on Amazon. If you purchased it in person, because I know I sell a lot of them at the at my in-person events, then say on there, I purchased this an event at an event because Amazon is really, really particular about um about the reviews. They don't want anyone spamming or just like creating fake accounts to put reviews on. And then of course, if you purchased on Amazon, then it'll show up as a verified purchase. But I am really struggling to get reviews on there. Everyone I speak with says, Oh my gosh, this is great. I have wonderful positive uh, feedback. But you know, look, let's be honest, it's work. It's work to get those to think about something you want to say. So what I say is three sentences. But if you could leave uh, a review on Amazon, I would greatly appreciate it. Okay, every episode, I leave you with one simple thing to remember. And that is I'm just going to sum up a little bit of what we talked about. But the one simple thing is carbs aren't the enemy. I still stand by that. And they may not be addictive. It may be more about what you are eating, what you are doing, and uh, what your mindset is rather than the actual carbohydrate. Okay, that is all for today. Go out there and have a great day.